Welcome to Fireside Breakdowns. I'm John. I'm Robin. And I'm Savannah. Together, we research and break down complex and even controversial topics facing our society. We always aim to bring you honest analysis backed by research to skew our bias towards what can be factually supported and to make it clear when we're giving our opinion versus speaking about actual research. We're human. We have blind spots and biases, and they will show through. However, our goal isn't to convince you to see things our way. We want to build a foundational understanding of these complicated topics so that we can address them together. We talk about some pretty heavy stuff on this show, and we tackle topics that might feel polarizing. But we do that because we have an important goal in mind. We want to change the way that people have hard conversations. And we think that we can do that using research and discussion to create common understanding. And since you're here, we hope you want the same thing. So we suggest getting comfortable and maybe having a good drink on hand as we work through this stuff. Welcome to our fireside. Wow, your face is going to... The first thing they're going to see is Savannah's rendition of Silent Scream. Um, That's pretty much the the summation of, I think, all of our weeks. It's been a week. It's been... Yeah. 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 Um, Let's not talk about that. (laughs) So... Actually, well, Savannah, I mean, your, your week was... Bad, but for a great reason. <laughs> bad, you're gonna bad, but, but you're gonna, gonna be happy about it. About <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, it was actually pretty good. I, I don't know. It was. I mean, the content was awful, but the experience fantastic. Well, yeah. For those of you who are not in the know, Savannah has a book. It's getting ready to be like mass published, and as part of that, they're doing the. Uh, she recorded the audio book. Uh, this last week and they hired her to play her in her book and it has been interesting to watch everything on uh, unfold on (laughs) Instagram stories it has been Um, insane for sure and I learned all sorts of stuff about audio that is cool so mm -hmm. that was cool I liked your uh, list of words oh my god and I couldn't even spell one of them right (laughs) I maybe noticed it's okay though Uh, I wouldn't say. I, I, I made say. a list of hey. words that I couldn't pronounce that I had used in my own book, and that actually wasn't an all-inclusive list either. So I, I, uh, well, no, because I it took me a while to figure out how to uh, pronounce monolith, because for the longest time I thought it was monolith, and uh, that's not how it's you pronounce very it. French word. It's <laughs> <is> very fancy. <laughs> oh, I couldn't get to mutant time. Well, that's a sneeze. So anyway, um, that's the list that John and Robin are talking about is my list of words I can't pronounce. And I had to have the audio engineer uh, pipe in how to pronounce it into my headphones. And so I could repeat it multiple times before trying to record my dumb self trying to say it. <laughs> it is not dumb to no. be inexperienced or, yeah. or unaware. Or I read a lot. I don't know how to in say it. In your head it. Yeah, and your exactly. brain is a dirty, dirty liar <laughs> that can this very confident about how to pronounce words. Irrevocable. Uh, That's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> Although that uh, one's wait. not uncommon. I hear that a oh, lot. That, yeah, I say that all the time. You're like the other pronunciation is irrevocable. Yes. Yeah. That's how you should and, pronounce it. 
Well, I, I those hear people are it not a lot. from the Ozarks. So. Yeah. Around here, that's not that's uncommon. Pretty, that's a regionalism, I think. Well, I'll, I would give you a sl- I give you a pass on that. So the one. sound engineer, the first one, it was kind of amusing because he kept making me go back, and he was like, he was like, I don't hear these words that you think you're saying, and I'm like, I hear them, and so it was like, it was just, <laughs> and I was like, I just sound like a hick. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is how I talk. <laughs> this is my recording of my book. It's gonna sound like right? me. Damn it, Monolith. <laughs> so. Uh, they should have kept it. They should have kept it. Anyway, Corporal Cannon. That's the name of the book for people who have been like yelling at me to uh, give you the title. That's the name. Um, when is it published? Do you know? Do you have an official date yet? Not an official date. It's still the end of October. And like if you pre-order on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or all the rest of those places, which you can do, um, it says November 7th. But my publisher says that they automatically, Amazon automatically pushes it out two weeks um, just in case the publisher messes something up. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It'll probably be October 21st. October. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. Great book. I've, I've, I've been privileged enough to read it a couple of times actually. Um, and it is, yeah, there's a reason it was a rough week recording that for Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, fun. it's lived experience and you mm-hmm. get to know. So familiarize yourself. Okay. That's our shameless plug. <laughs> duties done unofficially um (laughs) you're welcome we definitely planned this um what are we supposed to be talking about today and i'm only asking that for the audience and definitely not myself definitely who's aware who's aware of these things because i'm part of this team so we're supposed to be talking about uh was it something that we learned this week that we thought was weird right yeah, like starting with like the the weirdest thing that we learned this week and then just general discussion of the news. There's been a, a lot that happened in the last little bit in the news that um, is worthy of some discussion, but isn't necessary to make an entire episode on. And, and we couldn't I mean, we couldn't even stay timely with those discussions if we wanted to. So that's kind of what I was thinking weird stuff that we learned and then uh, just news. OK, well, I'm pumped and ready for this because I learned lots of weird stuff. Does it have to be news related? No. Just weird. Just tell us your cool new weird fact. Well, it's it's a, it actually this one is news related. So um, kind of cool. The USDA started dropping uh, like fish flavored packets that look like ravioli into the wild. So they're airdropping all these little like fish flavored things um, that hold rabies vaccinations in them. Vaccines. Vaccinations. Oh, God. Words. It's been a rough time. Either one of them, probably. <laughs> anyway, I think, um, I think they can both work. <laughs> so they are. Um, yeah, they airdropped them and they're trying to eradicate the wild rabies that is occurring in like uh, foxes and raccoons and all this kind of stuff. So they're trying to get the wildlife to eat these little packets. And um, so I thought that was weird. Airdropping weird little, and also cool ravioli <clears throat> vaccines, which is it's also cool, though. Yeah. So that's, that's I, mean, I wish all of my vaccines could be ravioli. I don't know cheese and want them to fish be flavored fish flavored, but. Something not fish flavored would be great. It's that's it's interesting. That reminded me that there uh, is this 
polio outbreak going on in New York City mm-hmm. um, now because the uh, well the number of unvaccinated individuals has gone up, uh, which is this periodically happens whenever people uh, whenever the vaccine debate makes headlines, and um, <clears throat> so now it's in. Yeah, it's in it's in the uh, the wastewater of New York City and uh, it's New York's gearing up for a fight uh, for against polio, which it's crazy. This isn't necessarily something weird that I learned. It's just um, it's weird that this is 2022. Last time I checked, not 1942, (laughs) 1944. Um, Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see break out. So have they Um, identified any like actual cases yet or are they just still finding it in wastewater? Well... That is a great question. I have not actually seen them report about a case. I think there's I think there's one case, yeah, one case of paralysis at the moment. Got it. Um, according to public health officials uh, officials. It's interesting that it came back around though, like to get into the water, which means it's naturally occurring outside of the CDC because they say we've gotten rid of it, right? but uh, evidently not if it is in the water. Yeah, I think there is, <clears throat> there's the, the the medical definition of having eradicated a, a virus and then mm-hmm. like the uh, literal definition of having eradicated it. And I think zero cases yeah. is, is the medical definition, but eradication doesn't mean the virus doesn't exist in nature. Yeah, and it, we've functionally eradicated it in the United States, but that other places in the world have not. So if anybody travels, um, you know, from anywhere that has not completely eliminated it, then there's always the likelihood that it's going to end up transmitting to someone who's not vaccinated and making its way into the toilet. Same thing with smallpox. You know, we have science for a reason. We do science for, for making the planet a better place and just be really nice if People would stop doubting it. That would be super cool. Okay. There's so many. That's such a complex issue in and of itself. We could do a whole series on that. Yeah, we really could. It's very complicated. Yeah. Very okay. complicated. Was that your thing? No, I learned a cool science-y thing, but I'll, I'll go last. Okay. My cool thing is that one of the greatest pop songs of all time, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, can actually crash the hard drive on some um, older laptops. Yeah, I heard about right? that as right? well. Yeah. It, uh, it, so basically, it and other songs like it play a certain frequency of sound that can um, make the drives wobbly, and then they bump into things that they're not supposed to. So after a certain uh, year... I think it was manufacturers put in a sound filter for that particular frequency. But up until a certain point, if you play songs loudly that have that frequency, like Rhythm Nation, it can make the laptop hard drive crash. So there's a. um, Hmm. How to word this entire area of cybersecurity that is. Based on hardening is, is is 
the term, but um, physical hardening, mm -hmm. like literal legitimate hardening of an object so that physical interactions don't wipe it out. And the ideas and tech that come out of that are pretty stinking neat. Um, imagine a world where they hadn't corrected this issue and you uploaded Rhythm Nation to, uh, you know, a critical computer and started playing it at just the wrong time People to screw would something not up. not do that, would they? That right. nothing never, has ever that happened be, like that. That would never happen, but it could. Right. Or it could if it was an old laptop. Um, but also things that I, I, you know, I hadn't thought about particularly, but when you get right down to it, things like radios and radio waves, um, transmitters are basically just... Uh, electrons moving through wire in a certain way to cause it to do certain things. Ooh, and that's a very simple can... explanation. <laughs> I know. I know. Very basic. Basically, he's doing a lot of word there or a lot of work there. Um, however, you can, under cer certain circumstances, cause certain parts of computers, certain wires, to be antennas by forcing uh, voltage through them at uh, specific rates and in specific ways. Um, so you could theoretically uh, hack, legitimately, like actually hack a, a piece of hardware to turn into something that broadcasts a, a message um, and do with that what you would, which is just super duper neat because when people think about, when I think about personally um, hardware, or sorry, uh, like hacking and, and breaking into a computer and um, you know, accessing information. I always think about the code uh, and the programs in it, but there's also a whole physical aspect of it that I think is just super neat. And I think probably requires a whole massive field of scientific understanding to even begin to make plans out of, but what do I know? Oh, it's just it's almost neat. like I took an entire class on that for my graduate degree. <laughs> So cool. They, uh, Tell us about it then. <laughs> no, you were yeah. clearly taking the reins on that conversation. Um, no, I mean, I was just. I mean, no, both so of you have really big brains. Okay, CISSP has um, has a whole entire <laughs> uh, aspect of the security um, that cybersecurity professionals are supposed to know about. So, yeah, and John put it pretty succinctly. Huh. I have been complimented by Savannah. I can die happy now. Three of Because there's a few and far in between. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Um, thank you. So the nerdy thing that, or the weird thing that I learned this week, um, also science. Uh, they're all going to be scientific. That's fine. Science. We managed to create embryos in the lab without yes. sperm or eggs. I saw that. So... That's pretty dope. Um, we, uh, uh, by we, I mean the scientists who did this, who are much more <laughs> intelligent than I am. Um, they have been culturing a uh, a mouse embryo model um, made entirely out of uh, uh, stem cells, and without they didn't use any sperm or egg uh, or a uterus uh, to grow it, and that is. Uh, Really, really cool. Uh, this one was 95% similar to real mouse embryos and functional, which means there's a possibility that if they allowed it to gestate to term, it might actually have a life, maybe, or just useful 
organs. Which has a lot of interesting implications. God, imagine if for they the do that with people and then all of a sudden we have this non person person where do our souls come from? There's a lot of questions that go into this. I know. I think it's great. Where do our souls come from? Um does it matter how life like I don't know. I would want this person to grow up and then just poke their brain for days. Are souls even real? Not mine. I have red in my uh, hair. Uh, charred and blackened. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The, I've already seen debates about that, actually, that particular subject. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to call a shot now. This is probably decades away before it'll actually be in, you know, in the news. But there is absolutely going to be some sort of uh, church-led pushback on babies made without uh, egg or sperm like this probably for god knows what reason um and that's based off of the fact that even in vitro stuff is uh in my experience controversial amongst certain parts of the religious population so in 50 years i look forward to seeing these questions get argued about there's a really interesting, I guess you would call it a dystopian book, um, but it's written by um, Kazuo Ishiguro, who wrote Remains of the Day. And it is all about, it's called Never Let Me Go, and it is all about um, these young people who are raised to be organ donors. They're essentially clones, or um, not necessarily even clones, but they are raised to be replacements for um, for other people's organs and they like it's a very unsettling book and I didn't like it when I finished it but the more I thought about it the more I liked it but it kind of explores that idea that um, you know how do we treat these people who were not conceived who do not have that kind of natural um, come to being story and what are the rules around how they're raised and how they're treated and um, and what they're allowed to do with their lives? And it's just it's a really, really interesting book. If anybody's into that kind of somber, um, very British type of dystopia, <laughs> I guess it's a very specific uh, genre. But it, it very sounds... much feels like Remains of the Day with a very heavy sci fi undertone. So. My sister's keeper is the fiction, non-sci-fi uh, version of that as well. For uh, it was a Jody. Uh, oh, Jody Picoult. Picoult. Yes. Yeah, she. It's about a thirteen-year-old who sues her parents because they were trying to give her body parts to her dying sister. Interesting. Yeah. It's fiction, but. It's yeah. a good, it's an interesting think piece like that, but she has a soul cause she was uh, conceived with an egg and a sperm. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it raises a whole lot of questions cause these kids know from, you yeah, know, from the time they're old enough to understand that what their purpose in life is. So there's no, there's no bait and switch like the Island, right. With Ewan McGregor, love that movie. Um, but there's no bait and switch there. It's a hundred percent what it is. And what does that look like as a person when you know that that 
is the outcome of your life. You're going to get to a certain age and then get called up for your your donations. And over the course of a few years, you're just going to donate all your all your good organs, the ones that keep you alive. Like it's mm. very interesting read, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, that masterpiece study. Uh, God in clone ethics and and um and warfare uh star wars yes uh, star wars could you just turn off your mic they (laughs) (laughs) um no but that did it did it did actually raise the question if we when we if and when we do get to a place where we can grow a fully formed human um because like this embryo probably wouldn't actually develop into a, a living being, but it might have developed functional organs. And that mm-hmm. has to do with the extra um, stuff that goes into how an embryo grows. And that's yeah. that's signals that are given to it by like the body that it is in growing in, which these clearly don't have. And so, um, but it, it, it does make me wonder how long before somebody does actually start trying to grow a clone army is that something that is um going to be considered you have because to feed them so much like if we're gonna do things that we don't oh no it'd be oh i'm sorry huge expenditure yeah like come no, on I, why are we getting I'm more people let's do less people yeah. more drones that just need fuel that we just have to get oil for i mean and we just more continue robots. with the wars yeah, I think if you if I think that's actually the reason that it won't happen is when it comes down to bottom line, it's expensive to make a human being yeah. and keep them uh, alive. My God, keep them alive and we have to train them for 18 years or whatever to eat so much. Yeah, just a curious thought. Yeah, experiment, though. I love clone uh, technology, clone information. Um did you guys see that I'm going to shift gears here entirely that uh, Trump in one of his filings about the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago uh, was listed as acting as his own lawyer? Oh, God. No, I did not see that. That should be fun. Is that because all of the other lawyers he's had have gotten so close to being disbarred that nobody wants to be his friend anymore? I don't know. No. <laughs> you can't be disbarred if you've never been a lawyer in the first place? No. It's 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 just a piece of legal um chicanery, not in a bad way or anything. It just uh there was something that showed Trump representing himself pro se or rather Trump versus United States government with a president listed as representing uh, represented by pro se, it means that I'm representing myself or on my own behalf. And it isn't exactly true. Um, he, uh, there's an actual lawyer representing him, uh, representing him, Lindsay Halligan. Um, and then there's also James Trusty and Evan Cork- Corcoran. Um, but I bring it up because it was this huge story for a while that um, that Trump was going to be representing himself. And that was exactly the takeaway that people had from it was that no lawyers would work for him <laughs> anymore because uh, they either keep getting in trouble or they don't get paid. Oh, interesting. 
I have some news um, that I wanted to talk about that I thought you guys would both know or find interesting um, that Missouri, there is a school district that has brought back spanking. I, I almost lost my ever loving shit on social media the other day, but then I decided that I am not in a healthy enough mental place right now that I wanted to pick a fight because I didn't trust myself to not, um, to, I didn't trust myself to leave that conversation having believed that I acted in good faith in all of it. Um, Don't hit your kids, folks. It made me irately angry. Even knowing that it's opt-in only and that you can choose not to have your child participate, the idea that I could choose to have someone abuse my child in public um, for me because I can't be there to do it. Like it, it literally makes me so angry that I could vomit. I'm, I hate it so much. Yeah, I, I think the only argument I get into online anymore is when it comes to corporal punishment. When I, I'm just, yeah, I mean, we could soapbox it for a while here, but if it is, Let's il- do it. if it is illegal to hit an adult, why is it legal to hit? Someone who is smaller, whose brain's not developed, and who is defenseless and relies on you. It blows my effing mind. And the fact that right, 19, like, 19 states, it's still legal. And people are like, well, I was hit and I turned out okay. And I'm like, no, the fact you think hitting a child is okay means you did not turn out okay. Exactly. If it's not okay for us to treat elderly people like that in a nursing home, why is it okay for us to treat children like that in a school? Nope. Um, well, because children are very annoying. Oh, you know what my so dad are said? other humans. Yeah, that's true. I'd love to, there's a list. But um, no, there was when my dad saw my child and he like, because he is never around him, but he saw him once and he pulled me aside and he was like, you let him walk all over you, which is not true, by the way. Um, and he's like, if you just send him with us for a little bit, we'll straighten him right out. And he's just alluding to the fact that they would beat him. And I'm like, and you will not see my child. All right, there we go. That was an easy, easy sell right there. Easy decision right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to let someone hit him. And his, I don't know. I am very against corporal punishment. I'll just say that. A hundred percent. I think it is completely unnecessary. Were either of you spanked as a kid? I know Savannah. Your father's discussion about your child kind of makes that clear. I, um, I think I was, I think I got spanked one time and I think it's because I told my mom to shut the fuck up before I knew what it meant. Um, I had no idea what it meant. Right. How but, old are you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was hey, probably ignorance six of or the seven. law is no defense. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, I was probably six or seven. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I was, I was spanked a lot growing up mm-hmm. um and i can <clears throat> i look back on it with some humor now and uh my mom never like enjoyed doing it i don't think uh but it was it was the go to sort of um punishment in our house when when we deserved it and it always i always recall thinking like 
I already knew that I messed up. I didn't need to be spanked about it too. Just um, fear. Yeah, I was, I was. I would. I would be legitimately scared. Um, and I remember the last time I got spanked. Um, it's a funny story when I tell it for you know in mixed company but you know basically i got i got spanked because i was defending my little brother because he got spanked about something and i just remember like i was like 12 or something i was not super small and uh it was i i wouldn't like i remember thinking to myself i'm never like i'm never going to accept this again um and luckily i never got spanked again but i don't know what i would have done Cause I was like, this is, I'm not this, I'm not doing this. I would grown enough to, to have that desire to defend myself, mm -hmm. uh, if it were going to happen again, um, which is kind of a scary thought for me to have. Cause like, what if I had, you know, pushed back, would it have been a worse spanking or would it have it, like evolved into like a fight? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. And that's not to say that my parents are not loving individuals and, and cared very deeply about me. And, uh, I think there was just a, a sort of expectation in how you raise and, and discipline a child that they had no reason to question. And so they never did. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that it's a yeah. fight that I, I, I hesitate to get into as much as it makes me angry. Um, because this is one of those very complicated situations where you have to, draw the very fine line between abusive behavior and abusive people, right? Like there isn't with a lot of people that I know that spank their children, there isn't that mindset that you typically think of in an abusive household. It is very much yeah. that they love their children and believe that this is the only or the best way to teach them appropriate behavior. Um, and so like for me popping off and, and saying, a bunch of probably very hurtful things might remove my opportunity to have a more reasoned conversation about it. But it just, it's another one of those things that feels really straightforward when I'm angry about it. But then, you know, when you start talking to people you love, it, it gets a lot harder to have those conversations. But like yeah. lack of intent to abuse doesn't mean abuse didn't occur, which I think well, no. is oh, right, a right, big thing that right. people miss out on. I was hit all the time by multiple different types of objects, a belt, a switch, a shoe, a wooden spoon, um, a paddle that my dad had carved out specifically to hit me with and uh, made me write my name on it. Okay. Well, we were, we were one for one. I had been hit by all those same things as well until you got to the special made paddle <laughs> and I never... I never got that one myself. I had to write my name on Dang. it and what I did to deserve being hit. Oof. Yeah, it was long. It was about this long and about this thick. Two feet. Yeah, and about um, an inch and a half thick, probably. That's not a paddle. That's lumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like building material. Well. There are a few things I'm willing to go to jail for. And um, probably hitting somebody with something like that for hitting a child with something like that is one of them. Well, if it helps, yeah. Child Protective Services did get called. They didn't take me away I because I was told if I it. didn't lie and say that I was fine, that I would go to a worse place. So, uh, 
Maybe just hold it in the same hand as a tire iron. Just. But there, there did like John. Uh, there did come a point when um, I pushed back, and like my, I remember my dad saying, "I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore." And he just completely the discipline stopped entirely. There was no, there was no middle ground. It was nothing or, you know, except yeah. Hmm. So anyway, I am very against corporal punishment, and I am uh, clearly, and I will not hit my child. I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes want to strangle them because kids can be little shits, but that's when you got to mm-hmm. leave the room and beg that someone else go tag in. <laughs> yeah. Take a deep breath. It's hard yeah. to control your own mm-hmm. emotions. And I get that, but that doesn't mean you need to take out your lack of emotional control on a child. Like that's, yeah. they're not going to learn emotional control that way. Anyway. Yeah. And just to be clear, so, science doesn't agree with corporal punishment either. Oh no. <laughs> science yeah. tells us it doesn't yeah. work. And it so makes it's not them, just us being too soft hearted. It just no. doesn't work. It makes them fearful it, and they are, they cannot process their own emotions. They do not trust. Yeah. I've read the the studies about all of this and that, that's when, like, when I start arguing, I'm like, here, you guys, please, like, even if you think that, like, could you just sit down and talk to them? I'm not saying don't do any discipline, but just stop hitting them. Like, yeah. It's interesting because whenever I hear the would you just sit down and why don't you just sit down and talk to them argument? Oh, they're the not going to understand. Defense, that's what I get every yeah. time. And they're okay. I don't think they're going to understand being smacked any better though. No. no and that's the goal is and all it's in going that to do situation is, is not for behavior. them to understand. The goal is for them to stop yeah. doing whatever's making you mad. That's it. Yeah. And they become they, No one gives a shit whether or not mm-hmm. the kid understands. You just want them to stop yeah. the behavior. Yeah. It's a behavioral control thing, not necessarily a let's think about the consequences of our actions and the morals and ethics that go into this. Yes. I got um, very, very good at sneaking stuff because I'm like, exactly. if, yeah, like, so I didn't learn shit until I was, I don't know, like 26. <laughs> like it took me a long time to learn, like, how to emotionally work through things because I was just used to just hiding stuff in order to not get hit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, natural consequences. I, we having conversations in my house about disciplining children has been kind of interesting because James was spanked very, raised very traditionally. I was not. Um, and I took a firm line that we, that was not how I was going to raise my children. And that has kind of extrapolated out into natural consequences are the strongest, like one of the strongest forms of discipline that we use in our house. Like, I'm sorry that you got angry and you threw that and you broke it. Now you don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't need to get angry at you. I don't need to punish you or discipline you because you have the consequence of that behavior. You said something hurtful to your sister. You can now experience the full weight of her hurt. And you're going to have to sit with that and, and deal with that. That's the consequence. And it just, I still, even 14 years later, can see, like, as James is trying to process through, this feels like a thing that there should be a consequence for. And I'm like, I don't feel like that there needs to be an imposed consequence, like a disciplinary action. And it, he is very good at trusting, you know, what I say when it comes to that and, and letting me 
take the lead because it's not something that he navigates intuitively, but it has definitely made some interesting conversations um, and with the grandparents as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. don't feel like we discipline our children because we don't impose well, outside you, consequences on yeah. them. That's an interesting stance yeah. I'm going to have to think about because I do. Hmm. I don't know. I think I don't even know if I even punish him anymore. It's more of like, well, we're going to talk about this. Like, number one, you don't get to speak to me that way. Um, mm -hmm. And two, I need you to take some deep breaths. And like, I don't know, I got him a punching bag so he could work out some, yeah. some anger stuff. Like, go hit your punching bag if you're that frustrated. And then when you're calm, we can sit down and talk about this. So Right. I feel like the, the world is not going to interact with my child when they become an adult in that way, in that sort of parenting, imposing an outside consequence way, unless it's a very serious infraction. Like they're mm -hmm. not going to get grounded all the time when they're out in the world. If they are rude to somebody, the consequence is going to be that person doesn't want to be around them or they get mm -hmm. treated rudely in return. And th those are the kinds of scenarios that they need to learn how to navigate. Yes, they will go to jail if they break a very serious law, but you know, those are not the spanking doesn't teach them not to do that. No. Spanking teaches yeah. them to be compliant because someone else doesn't like what they're doing. Critical thinking skills also deteriorate. Yes. When corporal punishment is involved. Yeah. So, yeah. That explains so much. Well, I mean, about me, no, it, but it <laughs> makes me. sense. Not, and I'm not talking about like for you specifically, but I mean, I think people who have been hit, Yes, like Robin says, compliance. That is what you compliance out of fear, which means we can't think outside the box. Um, well, yeah, and you don't because you don't expect uh, often or as often experience the long term natural consequences of your behavior. If you if there's a, a interposition, I don't even know if that's a word um, of this artificial consequence uh, that happens then you don't build that sort of cause and effect projection mm -hmm. uh, library in your head. So to, to be able to build that. So, okay, I'm going to do this. That's going to impact this person. And this is going to be the likely result. Um, because I know for me, I would often get interrupted in the midst of doing something bad. And then I would get spanked. And then the bad thing that I was going to do would never happen. So I never would see like, why like directly I was being punished I would just be told that I was being bad and and you know they would explain it obviously but it's different having it explained to you uh versus you know actually experiencing it mm -hmm. and so I think part of that is is why it took my own uh I think that's part of the reason excuse me that my own like empathy took so long to develop I didn't really begin developing empathy until I was kind of in my late 20s, um, at least as, as a tool that I use every day instead of just a a, yep. a thing that happens to me. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's like probably my biggest like professional tool, something that I use every day at work is is empathy to understand what's going on, which sounds weird for my line of work, but it's very important for uh, like workplace uh, relationships mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and just getting shit done um, and it has served me very well 
but I wish I had learned it sooner. Right. We don't have to struggle all the way to figuring out in our late twenties when we could have been doing that, like when we're younger. And that's a testament to it. My experience with my son, typically he thinks, I think that if I hit him, it, it would not be that at all. And so he is, yeah, I don't know. I know for a fact that, uh, you know, I hid stuff from my parents because yeah. not because I feared the consequence of the action itself, but because I feared their There's, action in response it's interesting to you, what I had done. There have been a few uh, people yeah. I know that had parents that were like, you know, if you are in an unsafe environment and need me to come get you, you will not be in trouble. I will come get you. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to die in a field because I'm not going to go call my parents because I'll get beat. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's 100 yeah. percent our line. And it's I don't care how many kids I have to cram in my car. I don't care if I have to be the one who talks to somebody else's parent about what you guys were doing um, in case there is that sort of consequence there for them. Like, I want you to understand that if you're in a dangerous situation, an unhealthy situation, if you're scared, if you made a stupid decision, Mm -hmm. part of learning is learning how to ask for help. And so no questions asked, no matter what time of day. And if I can get to you, I, I will get go to you. Forward and all of you. I'm parenting with my kids. I'm going to be like, look, yep. kid, I made a lot of dumb decisions and we need to be able to rely on our families to help us through bad decisions because no one's going to be perfect. We're going to mess up. So. Yeah, I didn't make bad yeah. decisions. And I feel like one of the reasons that I didn't make a whole lot of bad decisions is because uh, because I was not really raised with that punishment perspective I had no reason to uh, to be afraid of that and I had nothing to rebel against so part of me hopes that like the way that I'm raising my children will keep them from making some of the dumber decisions yes they're gonna make stupid choices but hopefully the degree to which they do that is not inverse to the amount of control that I have like over their lives I don't have to do something really Mm -hmm. bad because I'm really controlling I don't know. That's just a secret. Crush your fingers. Now that we're in high school, well, I guess we'll put that to the test. To that is uh, big. You know what else is big? Our website, firesidebreakdowns.com. <laughs> it's incredible. Guys, you can go there, see all of our show notes. You can see our podcasts that we've done in the past. Uh, links to our socials. Um, you can also find a link to our Patreon there, which if you sign up, if you're a patron, you will get, uh, episodes usually a week early. Sometimes they're only a night early, uh, (laughs) because life is life and I don't get the chance to edit stuff sometimes. Um, and you'll also get a, uh, uh, bonus content uh, for every episode, anywhere from just a couple of minutes of Savannah uh, embarrassing herself that I clip out explicitly Fantastic. to put it up for our patrons um, to a whole 15, she didn't know that a whole 15 minutes of other additional research or, or something that we saw in the course of our um, of writing this that didn't just quite make it into the, the episode itself um, so do us a favor, go out over and check it out uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform as well while you're at it uh, but I think that'll be, I think that'll be it for us this, this time. It's yeah. been a week. It has been. We still need good news. 
We still need good news. I have you some came good news prepared. If, if you would like me to. Oh, take the good news. oh, you can't. You are ready. I okay. am. I did. I actually uh, I read it this morning, preparing. and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to use that for good oh. news." I know. Oh, well, incredible. Know. Bring us the good news. Yeah. Okay, Santa Clara County in California will very soon launch a pilot program that gives high school seniors who are unhoused or housing insecure uh, a basically a guaranteed monthly income, a base minimum income of about a thousand dollars a month, that will hopefully help keep them in school because they can find a place to stay um, that will help provide for their basic needs and ease that transition into either higher education or into uh, being stable enough to find work. Go California. We are very forward thinking. Yes. There's some stuff that we need to fix, but we do good things. That's awesome. Well, every place does. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love uh, that it's going to high school seniors because, uh, you know, so often kids who are in that unstable of a situation, it doesn't get recognized until they're officially out on their own or they're out of the yeah. the school system. So, yeah, I mean, housing insecurity is one of, like, if I'm recalling correctly, is one of the most strongly correlated factors uh, tied to criminal behavior. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you are, if you're, likely or on the cusp of being uh homeless for lack of a better term then uh, you are more likely to commit crime uh very of various uh styles and degrees um just because you're more desperate that's really what it boils down to there's a lot to. to be said about having basic needs met mm-hmm. you sound a lot like a communist right now savannah <laughs> Um, what do you, what do they uh, what do communists say something with comrades I don't know I was gonna say something communist <laughs> you were gonna good say job something good uh, job Savannah uh, uh, reputation to uphold around here Jesus uh, we should go over uh, the communist manifesto sometime because I th- find it a fascinating read and I've written about it so yeah we should do that and yeah we should do that is that I gonna would, be your fireside fact, reads John since you that. haven't picked out one. I thought I had picked out one. I thought I picked out the letters from the. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wanted to do the 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 letters from Confederate soldiers during the Civil War. Oh, solid. That highlights like expressly why they were fighting and why they thought they were fighting. Um, I thought that was we we came across it in one of our researches, and one of our episodes last season. Um, So, I thought that was incredibly interesting uh, that we should do yeah, that so absolutely um, prepare for a lot of old-timey flowery confederate language gonna, actually <laughs> i i don't think it's gonna be like, that. like are we gonna read one of them flowery. are you gonna are you gonna do one of listen if there's one that's worth reproducing uh you know in the spoken <laughs> word to bring to life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh i will i will commit to that yes Fantastic. absolutely that'll be uh, our uh, bonus content my dearest is john reading one of them yeah I still need to post a picture of me doing research in a trench coat. Yeah, uh, that one did slip through the cracks, but I did not forget about it. It's just gonna be late. Shocker. Okay, I think that's everything, guys. That's everything. That's everything. You want to take us out, Savannah? I like letting you do it when you're here. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening. Uh, check out all of our socials, and um, until we see you next week, take care of yourselves and each other. I guess so. Communist. (laughs) Communist. That's right, comrade.
Oh my goodness.